When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply question for you guys. Do you ever feel so passionate about a certain topic that you make your entire career, life's work, and even a podcast about it? For me, that's nutrition. Are you even surprised? Nutrition to me is like swimming to Michael Phelps or like what Kanye West is to Kanye West. I never get tired about talking about nutrition, learning about food, helping people with their diets, or answering questions about health. Okay, there is one little question that makes my eye twitch ever so slightly. That question, aren't carbs like bad for you? (sighs) Let me be clear when I say my frustration with this question never, ever, ever has anything to do with the person asking. In fact, I'm glad they're asking because I have great news for them. Carbs are not bad for you and you do get to enjoy them again guilt-free. Rather, my irritation is geared towards the media, social influencers, and fad diet connoisseurs who give carbs such a bad rap. Some people are out there making outlandish claims that carbs are the mortal enemy and should be avoided at all costs. These people are so crazy, like they think if you even sniff a potato, you're going to end up looking like one. Okay, you know me, I get a little bit dramatic. Let me just step off my soapbox and get real. Despite how some media influencers and celebrities make carbs out to be a one-way ticket to weight gain, I'm here to share with you some great news. Carbs won't make you fat. Should I say it again? Should I say it again for the people in the back? Carbs won't make you fat. Okay, so let me clarify something. Time for a little tough love, okay? Are you ready? I hope you said yes, because it's time to ride. Hello and welcome. This is Dietitian Kate, and you are listening to the Nutrition Awareness Podcast, where we simplify the confusing and complex world of nutrition to help you reach your greatest potential. At Nutrition Awareness, our registered dietitians believe in fueling your body, not restricting it, so you can accomplish your goals, optimize your results, and live your healthiest life without dieting. Whether you're starting a weight loss journey in the midst of a physical transformation or simply want to enhance your life with a nutritious diet, stay tuned as you will find value in today's episode. Hey, real quick, I wanted to remind you about the free, yes, free intermittent fasting guide fellow dietitian and my business partner Megan created for you. If you listen to our episode on intermittent fasting, learn about all the benefits that come with fasting, and you're like, yes, I need more, you need to head to go.orlandodietitian.com backslash intermittent fasting to get her intermittent fasting guide for free. Yep, you can learn how to fast like the real OG and not waste any time toying around with inefficient methods that get you nowhere. It's a waste of time, a waste of effort. Just learn from a nutrition expert and get your hands on that guide. It's go.orlandodietitian.com backslash intermittent fasting. Emphasis on the go, meaning go now. (laughs) I'll link it in the show notes. If you guys have any questions, feel free to shoot us a DM. 
All right, let's talk about these carbohydrates. Remember when I said I had some tough love for you? Let's circle back to that. Even though carbs alone won't make you fat, because remember, there is not a single food or individual macronutrient that is directly linked to being fat or gaining weight, overeating them and or eating them in the wrong forms just might. Consider this episode Carbs 101. It's like a college course. Class is in session and you better take notes because I don't want you to fail. I am going to answer the most frequently asked questions about carbs for weight loss, including how to fit them in, the best sources, the best times to eat them, and why we need them at all. All right, but before we get into it, I want to read this week's review rendezvous. This is where we read a review from the podcast, or we read it from our Nutrition Awareness website, wherever reviews are found. So Yelp, Google, Facebook, hit us up if you've worked with us. But today's review comes from Apple iTunes. I'm really excited because this is our first review on iTunes, which makes me feel like we're coming up in the world. So this means a lot to me. And it comes from D. Dose, who signed as Dana DS. She says, I love podcasts that can provide solid information from subject experts that make things relatable and understandable. Kate is so knowledgeable and nervous transparent with not only her clinical knowledge, but her own journey. I love that she debunks diet myths and promotes actual health and nutrition versus a quick fix. This podcast is just what the world needs. Thank you so much for that review, Dana. You don't know how much that means to me. I'm glad that you find the information really relatable and helpful. That's my mission. Basically, you summed up exactly what I want this podcast to be all about. So my heart is on fire. I am so happy. Hey, if you guys have any sort of positive feedback about the podcast, it would mean the world and then some. If you guys left us a review on iTunes, help us grow, give us your feedback, and that way we can continue serving you guys through this platform because I love it and I'm going to keep doing it as long as you guys are eating it up. Alrighty, so let's get into it. What the hell is a carb and what do they do for our bodies besides tasting oh so delicious? Many of things. I said this was a class, right? So let's start with a little science. I geek out on science, especially nutrition science, so bear with me. Dietary carbohydrates can be categorized as either monosaccharides, disaccharides, oligosaccharides, polysaccharides, and sheesh, that's a lot of saccharides. Monosaccharides are the simplest form of carbohydrates, mono meaning one. They can't be broken down much farther once we eat them, so they're quickly digested and absorbed. If you've ever heard of glucose, fructose, galactose, those are monosaccharides. When they pair together, they form various disaccharides and oligosaccharides. Those carbohydrates commonly occur in nature, and the most important ones that you'll hear about are sucrose, lactose, and maltose. Oligosaccharides are made up of shorter chains of those monosaccharides, and polysaccharides are chains longer than 10. They make up starchy foods like corn, potatoes, rice, and because these molecules are larger, they take more time for our body to break down and digest. Glycogen is a polysaccharide that I'll refer to throughout this podcast. So listen up, it's kind of important. It might be my favorite polysaccharide. Is that weird to have a favorite polysaccharide? This polysaccharide is one that humans and animals will store in their liver and their muscles. Our bodies will pull from these glycogen stores when we need energy, especially during exercise. So it's pretty important if you, you know, want to move. So what do these carby saccharides do for us from a functional standpoint? Well, 
like I said, they provide energy for our body to literally do everything from helping us think to helping us breathe, digest, to move. They spare the use of proteins for energy, so we can use dietary proteins for muscle growth instead of fuel. It helps regulate our blood glucose and other hormonal and metabolic functions. They help with the breakdown of fatty acids, which helps us from slipping into ketosis. I'll get more on ketosis later in this episode and probably in its own separate episode because that's a whole can of worms on its own. They also add flavor and sweetness to foods. And probably my favorite function of carbohydrates is the fiber. They provide dietary fiber. They help us feel regular, digestively. Is that a word? Digestively? And help keep your gut in check. All right, so science lesson is over. Was it that bad? Seriously, was it that bad? No, it wasn't. But it's time to have fun and start answering some of your most frequently asked carbohydrate questions. All right, are you ready for this first one? It's my favorite one. I'm going to put on my client question voice, so don't make fun of me. <laughs> I'm going to do my best here. Um, Becky lost 20 pounds in like 10 seconds with the keto diet, so should I be doing keto? My answer? Good for Becky. It's true the ketogenic diet does help you lose weight, and it does so for several reasons, but let me preface any information I'm about to share with you guys by saying this is not the route for sustainable weight loss that I typically lead my clients to. Why? It's not really sustainable for most people, most as in 99.9%. The only time I'd ever consider a ketogenic diet for my client is if they're an overall extreme person who just does everything in life, balls to the wall, or nothing at all. If they come into my office and they are dead set on doing the ketogenic diet because they just want to try it or play with it, or they just really like an extreme challenge, well, then we'll work together to do it safely. However, I never recommend the ketogenic diet for someone who is pregnant or trying to get pregnant, or somebody who's breastfeeding. I'd also never recommend the ketogenic diet to somebody with type 1 diabetes. I'd also hesitate to recommend an individual with a history of disordered eating or high blood pressure try ketogenic diets. The reason why somebody with high blood pressure probably won't do the best on a ketogenic diet is because a ketogenic diet is really high in meat and dairy and all these things that just tend to be very salty and I don't want somebody with hypertension to be taking in all that salt all the time. So let's talk about why people lose weight on the ketogenic diet. The initial weight loss is so quick and fast because of water weight. Why? Well, for every one gram of stored carbohydrate as glycogen in your body, your body will also store three times as much water. Yeah, so that means there's a three to one ratio water to carbs. So if you aren't eating any carbs, you're obviously not going to store any carbs in your muscle tissue. So less water is going to be following that carbohydrate. Now, this is why Becky originally lost so much weight so quickly. And if you're freaked out about water weight, don't be. The water is actually a good thing. Why? That water is going to carry nutrients to our cells so critical metabolic functions that keep you alive and feeling awesome can go down. And if you haven't listened to episode four about why the scale fluctuates so dramatically, go back and listen to that episode to learn more on why water weight is so variable. Once somebody enters ketosis, which can take up to a week because that glycogen stored in our muscles takes a while to be depleted despite what we're eating, 
the body's going to shift from using carbohydrates or glucose for fuel and start using ketones for fuel. Ketones are like the skeletons from fat molecules. This methodology works for fat loss as long as the person can remain in ketosis. It'll be a fast and dramatic weight loss. However, the challenge for most people is to remain in ketosis long-term once they get there. This is a lot harder than people expect. Everyone is different, but most people have to eat well under 50 grams of carbs per day to remain in ketosis. To put this in perspective, one cup of cooked rice has about 45 grams of carbs. So throughout the whole day, in all the foods you're eating, you'd have to eat the equivalent to one cup of rice or less to stay in ketosis. If you eat too many carbs, you'll slip out of ketosis, and if you do this frequently, you can expect a high chance of rapid weight regain in your forecast. Your best bet is to initiate a weight loss program that strategically uses the right carbs in the right amounts. And if you're extra AF like me, you can time your carb intake for optimal results. So let's break that down with the second most frequently asked question. Today's episode is brought to you by my favorite protein company, Firstform. I've been using Firstform protein powder since I started my weight loss journey in 2014 because they not only taste amazing and mix so well, but they also don't give me any weird stomach bloat or digestive issues. I mean, so often clients come in and tell me they can't use a protein powder because it messes with their stomach. Either one of two things are going on here. First, they're either using a low-quality, high-temperature processed protein powder that has weird artificial dyes, colors, or sweeteners. The other option, they have a whey protein or dairy intolerance. In either case, I just direct them to First Form's natural protein powders. There's two. There's Formula One Natural, and for my dairy-free friends, there's the Vegan Power Pro. The Formula One protein isolate is the highest-quality, hydrolyzed, and pre-digested whey protein I've ever used. It's a low-temperature processed, cross-flow, micro-filtrated whey protein isolate, and that's why it's so quickly absorbed and doesn't cause any tummy troubles. The Vegan Power Pro uses a pea and rice protein blend, and it's soy-free, gluten-free, and artificial junk-free. In fact, both proteins are sweetened with stevia, a natural zero-calorie sweetener. That's why the protein tastes so good but doesn't have high carbohydrate content. After a workout, I typically drink Formula One with a carbohydrate source. Either I blend it with fruit or I use First Form's Ignition. In the evening, I'll blend the Vegan Power Pro chocolate peanut butter cup flavor with milk, a banana, and ice for a makeshift frosty. It is so delicious and guilt-free. I highly recommend First Form's natural proteins to anyone looking to try a protein powder. If you don't love it, the company is so awesome. Get this, they will offer you a 110% back money guarantee if you want to return it. I think that's great because you can try it, return it, and get paid for your troubles of, you know, shipping it back. If you go to firstform.com KR, you can get free shipping on your purchase and try protein from Firstform. You're going to love it. They've got that money back guarantee if for some crazy reason you don't. I'll link it in the show notes below, but it's first spelled one S-T form P-H-O-R-M dot com backslash K-R. Are you ready for the second most frequently asked question? All right, here it goes. It's how many carbs should I be eating per day? Well, my friend, this question is highly individualized and based on your goals. 
also based on your activity in line with your goals. So let's say somebody who is doing high intensity exercise on a weight loss journey versus somebody who's hardly doing any exercise at all, but also on a weight loss journey, they're going to have different carbohydrate needs. Now, I'll start by saying the recommended intake for carbohydrates for the healthy individual is anywhere between 45 to 65% of their total caloric intake. Now, someone who is really active might require up to 70% of their calories from carbohydrates, while someone who is sedentary and also trying to lose weight might benefit more from 40% of their intake from carbohydrate. Now, I personally would never put somebody on a diet where carbs are less than 40%, especially my females, because I don't want you guys to suffer from hormonal complications or fertility issues. And I feel like when you just take away carbs and you strip them down too low, that can really be consequential for your reproductive system. So let's take an example here with, with the understanding that carb intake is very specific to an individual. We're gonna use our client Becky as my example, okay? Remember, her recommendations will not apply to everyone, all right? So Becky, remember, she just did the keto diet and now she's off of it (laughs) and she gained her 20 pounds back in those 10 seconds and she's looking to lose weight now with a more balanced approach. She wants to eat all three macronutrients, carbs, protein, and fat. She weighs about 180 pounds and she'd like to be closer to 140. She's currently running two to three miles three times per week and strength training twice per week. Typically, she'll eat breakfast around 8 a.m., work out before her lunch break at noon, eat lunch at her desk around 1 p.m., have a snack at 4, and eat dinner around 8 when she gets home. So for weight loss, I would calculate her estimated caloric needs to be between 1,800 and 2,160. I don't want her to be eating less than 40% of her diet from carbohydrates. Since she is training and exercising, she'll utilize the carbs she eats as fuel. She's also coming off a low-carb diet and wanting to lose weight, so she'll benefit from the lower end of the range. I don't want to overwhelm her with too many carbohydrates, and her exercise isn't that intense. Now, if she was training for a marathon or a power lifter, then I'd want to put her on a higher end. So I'm going to give her a range because it's a lot more effective and leaves room for flexibility. This is what I do with all clients. I never give somebody one specific number for a macronutrient or calories if that's how they prefer to measure weight loss. I think ranges are much more reasonable and they make sense considering we don't do the same things every single day and we're not gonna be as hungry as we were the day before or the day after time and time again. There's variability in how we feel, what we do, You get me, right? So for Becky, I'd recommend she consume about 40% of her diet from carbs on the days she does not exercise. So that would be about 180 to 216 grams of carbs per day and closer to about 45% on the days that she does work out. So that's going to be 200 to 243 grams of carbs. These are minimum ranges and we can manipulate them based on her food preferences. So let's say you're thinking, whoa, Kate, like 200 grams of carbs? That's a lot. Okay, I feel you if you feel this way, but consider this. One banana is 30 grams of carbs. A half a cup of raw oats, 27 grams of carbs. A single slice of bread is about 15 grams of carbs. I mean, guys, that adds up quicker than you think. So 200 is not that much in the long run. And this range allows her that flexibility and still stays within a reasonable portion considering it's based on a calorie deficit. So let's say she eats higher fat one day. It's not a big deal because she can still stick to the lower end of carbohydrates. Like if she eats more, 
than 45% of carbohydrates one day, she can still get results because she can just scale back in other ways. I go on and on about how I calculate fats and proteins and how that whole range works, but this is a podcast dedicated to carbohydrates, so you'll have to sit tight. Unless you want a three-hour episode, but hey, I'm not Joe Rogan. I can't get away with that. But if you're curious about your specific macronutrients, um, hello, <laughs> that's my literal bread and grass-fed butter. You can work with me by going to orlandodietitian.com. I'll link below so we can link up too. Okay, back to Becky. Based on eating an average of 180 to 240 carbs per day, I'd recommend she spaces this intake throughout the day. This means she'll have carbs at every meal and snack, but in reasonable portions. She'll need to balance these meals with good sources of proteins and fats too. So every meal is going to have carbs, proteins, and fats. What a concept, right? This means she's not going to do the best if she has a giant bowl of oatmeal with honey, berries, and fresh squeezed orange juice with a muffin on the side. No, that's all carbs and not enough balance. She would do better if she changed that meal up to be some oats cooked with milk, ground flaxseed, topped with crushed nuts and berries, and then have an egg or two on the side. Now, since Becky is a superstar, I'd even go farther to suggest she eats higher carb meals closer to her workouts. So in her case, breakfast and lunch. They'll be better utilized for fuel and then recovery. So if she's really in the mood for an acai bowl with 75 grams of carbs, she'd benefit from refueling with one after she hits the gym. Then she can taper her carbs off throughout the day to adjust for those higher carb meals. Now, does this mean Becky should eat a fat chocolate muffin and mocha choco chip latte every morning just because she hits up the treadmill? No, not unless it's her birthday or a special occasion or that time of the month and she's just got to have it or she'll pull someone's hair out. Becky needs to be mindful of her sources because that makes a difference when it comes to not only weight, but satiety, gut health, digestion, energy, mood, skin, you name it, it makes a difference. Not all carbs are created equal. Remember our science lesson? We want to be choosing the best of the best carbs, and the best have the F word. Yep, fucking fiber. Ideally, a majority of our carbohydrate intake will come from sources high in fiber, and fiber is only found in carbohydrates. There's three different forms, and remember, they're not found in proteins or fats. So there's insoluble fibers. These can really help facilitate bowel movements and promote gut health. There is significant research that points out diets high in fiber called lignin can reduce the risk of tumor formation. Sources of lignin include fruits, mature vegetables, and seeds. Whole grains and bran are also good sources of insoluble fiber. Then on the flip side, there are soluble fibers. These keep us feeling full for longer by slowing digestion and glucose absorption. This causes less spikes in blood sugar. They also help control cholesterol by lowering it, and sources include oats, legumes, berries, apples, carrots, citrus fruits, and barley. And then there are functional fibers. They're worth mentioning even though they are not commonly eaten from food, but hey, sources include chicory root, which is found in a lot of protein bars, psyllium, chitin, which is found in the shells of crabs or lobsters, so kudos to you if you're eating those. You must be really desperate for fiber if you're eating the shells of a lobster or crab. I'd pay money for that. And fructans. They all have similar health benefits as the other fibers. And if you're wondering, the recommended daily intake of fiber is 25 to 35 grams of fiber per day. Now, if your fiber intake is low, I gotta tell you, you wanna start increasing to this goal 
slowly and surely, all right? Two to three grams every few days is all you wanna increase up by. Too much fiber, for lack of a better term, will rip you apart. You've been warned. So how can you specifically find fiber? For optimal health and performance, it's encouraged that you consume the majority of your carbohydrates from whole foods because they've got the fiber. I'm talking 80% of your diet should be coming from, well, not your diet, but 80% of your carbohydrate intake in your diet are coming from whole foods. These less refined foods are so much sexier because they're full of nutrients, vitamins, minerals, phytochemicals. Oh, yeah. So want some examples? Vegetables. Any and every vegetable you eat, great. Fruit, yeah, fruit is good. You can eat it. Fruit, good. There's steel-cut or old-fashioned oats, sprouted grains, starchy vegetables like corn, potatoes, sweet potatoes, peas, squash, beets, quinoa, brown rice, barley, they all have fiber. And then there's tons of good sources of carbohydrates that also double as protein and or fat, meaning not only are they carbs, but they also have protein and fat, so they're really balanced and complete. Some examples, beans, legumes like chickpeas and hummus, edamame, soy, tofu, tempeh, nuts, nut butters, even dairy. Yeah, dairy has carbohydrates and doubles as a protein and should double as a fat source. I don't want people eating any of that non-fat BS, right? And you should note that even protein bars and ready-to-drink shakes often have carbohydrates and they might have less fiber depending on the ones you choose. Again, choosing the protein bars that have whole ingredients or that chicory root fiber is going to give you the best bet. So the less optimal sources of carbohydrates include really processed sugar-rich foods. Now, when I say highly processed, keep in mind, a lot of healthy foods are processed. Take baby carrots, for example. They're processed. You think you just find carrots like that? No, they're processed to be that shape, that little baby shape. Protein powders, they're processed. Like protein bars, it's okay. Milk, it's processed. I'm talking the ones that are more like food-like products. You wouldn't just find them in nature and they're not just manipulated very simply to be a food product. So examples are going to be white breads, uh, you know, ice cream that's not natural, products with lots of added sugar, refined cereals, french fries, chips, pretzels, crackers, cookies, cakes, you name it. You should eat these on special occasions. Don't restrict them completely. Eat them when they're worth it. Eat them when you really want it. Eat it when it's like, if you don't have it, you'll die. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm See, I told you I'm dramatic. Just once in a while. So if you have pizza night with your daughter on Friday, every single Friday, and it would break her heart if you didn't participate in pizza night, you should have your pizza on pizza night. And then the next day, it's business as usual. Go back to whole healthy foods. All right. Are you hungry yet? I am. I'm about to go eat some carbs and goodies, but I want to review the main takeaways from today's episode, and I hope it really gives you a sense of relief. So the first takeaway, you can eat carbs and lose weight. Not one macronutrient or single food is going to make you fat. Eating the right portions of carbs is key. You'll want to work with me or Megan at Nutrition Awareness one-on-one for an individualized assessment and recommendations if you're confused about what the right portion of carbs for you is. You'll also want to always pick the best sources of carbs, which are high in fiber and nutrient-dense. They'll make you feel A1. A1 like steak sauce. All right, Kate out here. Please remember to share this podcast with a friend who is scared of carbs. Help them out. 
The more you share our podcast, the more it helps us reach more people and get them one step closer to a healthy relationship with food that aligns with their health goals. If you have questions for topics or want to submit a frequently asked question, feel free to send us a direct message on our Instagram page. You can find us at nutrition.awareness. Until next time, keep it healthy and keep it real.